Chapter One of the Sick Man's Comfort Book by Reverend P. B. Power. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Chapter One. Is God a God of Comfort at all? The question at the head of this chapter must be settled before this little book can be to its readers what I earnestly desire it should be. That is a sick man's comfort book. For many a sick man will say, the last place where I can seek for comfort is with God. Is not this the great God who is full of power and majesty? Is not this the one who made heaven and earth? Why should I think that he will concern himself about such small affairs as mine? And even if we think that he will, we are inclined to say, is not this the one I have offended, whose laws I have broken, whose calls I have rejected? Who is of purer eyes than to behold iniquity? And when I call to mind what I have been and what I am, surely he is the last one I ought to go to for comfort. All this is quite reasonable. I should not have a word to say against it, and I myself, instead of trying to write a comfort book, should have to give myself up entirely to despair, if it were not that God had told me certain things in his word about himself which warrant me in making my comfort book, and in saying to everyone who reads it, it is for all of you. All, my dear friends, without any abatement or reservation, all of you. God wills you to be comforted, and that comfort he wills you to have by having himself. So far from God's not willing you to come to himself for comfort, what he speaks most plainly about is against your going anywhere else. He knows you are in need of comfort, one from one cause and another from another. Every man's trouble is not the same, and even if it were the same, it does not touch on the same point precisely or in the same way. But whatever it is, and however it works, the cry is that we should not forsake him, the fountain of living waters, and hew out for ourselves broken cisterns, which can hold no water. Mind that God is a jealous God, and he is not only jealous of a man's worshipping any other God, but of his being put second in anything and amongst other things, in comforting. No doubt there is comforting to be had from friends and from books, and from the visits of ministers, and from many other sources, but they must all be put under God, otherwise they will be like Job's comforters. Miserable comforters are ye all. They will give way in some unexpected time and manner, and leave us with nothing, because we had not God. But let us see from Holy Scripture how God himself appears in this matter of comfort. Do we find him very plainly here? St. Paul tells us very plainly what God himself is in this way. He had just been wishing grace and peace, two very comfortable things, to the Corinthian church. And where were these to come from? From God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the apostle, as though he could not restrain himself when he came to speak of these good things as coming from the Father, breaks out into this grand ascription of praise to him. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 2-4. to four. Then, farther on, in chapter 12, verses 5 and 6, he gives us an example of how God comforted. The comfort came by a human hand. It came in a most seasonable time, for trials just then were very heavy, but it came from God, and Paul distinctly traced God in the way in which his comfort came. I am filled, he says, with comfort. 
I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation, for when we were come to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down, mark that phrase, it just suits you, comforted us by the coming of Titus. God has his own times and ways of comforting. I would now only draw your attention to the fact that the apostle speaks of him as one who is in the habit of comforting those who are cast down. It comes in quite naturally and not as something strange and wonderful and out of the way, which had happened here but may never happen again. Some people speak of God as though there is no comfort in him at all, and that Jesus is to comfort us by enabling us to escape from God. But St. Paul saw the Father and the Son both one in this blessed work of comfort, and if there is no other verse in the Bible to comfort a poor soul, then the 16th and 17th verses of the second chapter of Second Thessalonians ought to do so. They ought to bring a man to God himself for comfort. Now our Savior Jesus Christ himself, and God even our Father, which hath loved us, and hath given everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. The psalmist, a man, as you know, of many troubles, found his comfort in God himself, not in running away from him, but in coming to him. It was upon what God said that David relied, and if that had not been something comfortable, it would have been no use to him. Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort in affliction, and thy word hath quickened me. And again he says in verse 76, Let I pray thee thy merciful kindness be for my comfort, according to thy word unto thy servant. The 86th Psalm is a great mingling together of light and darkness. There are very deep things there. The soul is spoken of even as being delivered from the lowest hell, but God is equal to all the need. David asks to have his soul made to rejoice. And who does he look to to do this? To God. And because he did, he found what he sought, help and comfort. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn to me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thine handmaid. Show me a token for good that those which hate me may see it and be ashamed because thou, Lord, hast helped me and comforted me. When David was utterly perplexed, he said, Psalm 94, verse 19, In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. And when the time of all times for comfort should come, then God, as the God of all comfort, would be at hand. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now let us look for a moment at the prophets, for it will be a great help to us if we have it firmly grafted in our minds that God himself is the one to go to in our search after comfort. Zion, as we all know, had sinned greatly against the Lord, and according to the usual rule of God's dealings, after the sin comes punishment. Zion ought never to have known waste places or a desert or a wilderness, and certainly 
considering what Jerusalem had done against God, he might naturally have been supposed to be the last quarter in which it could seek for any comfort. But the word which the Lord told the prophet to speak was a word after his fashion and not after man's. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He shall comfort all her waste places, and he shall make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Isaiah chapter 51 verse 3. Observe how God is acting with the largeness which becomes himself. Whenever there is a great largeness of blessing, we may be sure that it is he that is acting, for none have fullness like his. These are like a number and variety of precious stones all set in the one ring and given to the one person. This is God's way of comforting. The angel of the Lord in Zechariah chapter 1 cried to God on behalf of Jerusalem and said, O Lord of hosts, how long wilt thou not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah against which thou hast had indignation these three score and ten years? The angel does not hide the fact that the one he cried to is the one who had in righteous judgment permitted all the trouble. Still, from that very one comes the comfort. And the Lord answered the angel that talked with me with good words and comfortable words. And here, as in the other case, comes the profusion of his mercy. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it, saith the Lord of hosts. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, My cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad, and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion, and shall yet choose Jerusalem. So in Jeremiah he says of himself, For I will turn their mourning into joy, and will comfort them. And will speak comfortably unto her, he says in Hosea chapter 2 verse 14. I am he that comforteth you, he says in Isaiah chapter 51 verse 12. And in the day of thanksgiving, this is to be the song, Isaiah chapter 12, verse 1. O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. For the iniquity of his covetousness was I wroth and smote him. I hid me and was wroth, and he went on forwardly in the way of his heart. I have seen his ways and will heal him. I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. Chapter 57, verses 17 and 18. Many of these texts we will meet again. I desire them now to be of use in this one blessed particular of bringing us near to God himself. And these three things I set in the forefront of my little book. 1. Get firmly convinced that God is a God of comfort. God himself. God, the Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our Father. Read these many declarations which he has given of himself over and over again until you ingrain the idea into your hearts. Believe that comfort is a thing he thinks about, values, knows the need of to us. 2. Don't look anywhere else for your prime and first comfort. I do not deny that there is much comfort in friends, in happy feelings, in books, in many of the surrounding circumstances which prove alleviations in illness. But I want you to gather in your thoughts and feel the only sure comfort is with God. 3. I would say, expect comfort from God. Man's expectation is generally a prelude to God's action. 
We must first open our mouth, and then he will fill it. We must fill the water pots up to the brim, seeing that he is going to turn all this water into the good wine. Let these texts put you in the proper attitude of expectation. Say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Let God know that there is somebody looking to him for comfort, some poor child of his unsatisfied and in want, and that it is you. And who knows, but that even in the very pages of this little book, he may give you all you need. End of chapter 1